Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about the spiritual and practical climate of your church. Today, you have your hosts, Nathan Westfall and Michael Moore. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Um, Can you explain a little bit right off the bat of what you mean uh, about the spiritual and practical climates of the church? Yeah, so I I think that, uh, well, let me give you a little bit of my background. Yeah, please. Yep. And so I I grew up in Mississippi while I was living with my mom uh, in a very charismatic church, so yeah. to speak, yep. small charismatic church, you know, uh, kind of backwoods, Mississippi. And even whenever I moved to Texas, I still attended a very charismatic church. And by charismatic, I mean, um, just, they were going through like the whole revival phase and there's a big emphasis, emphasis on, uh, speaking in tongues and yep. prophecy and healing and stuff like that. And so it had a strong, rich spiritual uh, climate or or culture, so to speak, in the church. And uh, as time progressed and and really surrendered my life to the Lord and was much older, um, I also went to a church that was very practical speaking. And by practical, I mean uh, they uh, they use wisdom. They use wisdom yep. and okay. and they prayed about stuff. But the way things were taught, the way things were done, was very focused. Was mm-hmm. very. Um, very attentive to the mission of the church and not so much uh, free-spirited, so to speak. Sure. And I will say this, now on on this side, you know, with City Church, kind of my my dream, so to speak, is to have a good blend of the very practical Mm -hmm. speaking, uh, very missional type church to the very um, spirit-led type of church, a good blending of that. And so uh, I think that with this, though, a lot of churches, including myself and us at City Church, we battle through this identity crisis, so to speak, of are we going to be a charismatic church? Or yep. Are we going to be a fundamentalist church? Are we going to be a reformed church? And you know, some of that is based upon your theology of Scripture and stuff. Yep. Um, but it, it really is one of those things, like how far is too far whenever it comes to the gifts of the Spirit in the church, and then how much are we focusing on the practical aspect of it that our experience or our services have become very dry and people have lost a passion? Yep. And so that's kind of the, the the tension, so to speak, that a lot of church planners, a lot of pastors, uh, especially probably new churches and stuff, battle, sure. battle with. So that's kind of my explanation, so to speak, of... Uh, the spiritual and the practical climates of the church. Yeah, no, that's good. What are some of the the trends that you have seen happen in churches you have worked for, or you know, even at City Church? Yeah, so some of the some of the trends that I've seen. Uh, we'll start. We'll start first with the charismatic church. Yep. Some of the trends I've seen is there's a lot more passion, so to speak, in worship. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. It's it's more meaningful. Uh, I've also seen that these types of churches are. Uh, they're they're willing to go all in, so to speak, whenever it comes to like prayer yep. and sacrifice, yep. um, and really just you know wanting to to be completely sold out for God, uh, which is awesome to see. It's very passionate. It's ve- very exuberant, so yep. to speak. Uh, and and so those are some of the the positive trends that I've seen. The the negative trends that I've seen in the charismatic church um, is that there is usually not an emphasis on reaching people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the gospel, yep. basically an emphasis on evangelism, and um, they they've kind of lose that as well as 
uh, things are just very scattered. I don't know how else to describe that. It's just, it feels like organizationally things are very scattered around and uh, there's no singular focus or direction of what they're wanting to go. Yep. Um, And then the same thing with with the practical. The practical, some of the, the positive trends that I see is that people are very... Uh, focused on being missional or very Mm -hmm. focused on um, reaching people for Jesus or focusing on the mission of the church, uh, which is also extremely good. Uh, And you also usually will see that those types of churches, um, historically speaking, were usually growing. And I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, But these types of churches are normally growing uh, usually at a quicker rate than maybe a charismatic church because sure. they're outwardly focused, they're yep. very missional in their living. And so uh, that's that's a good thing that you've seen. The, the flip side to that, though, is I do feel like the engagement with the congregation in that type of church, so to speak, is going to be less engaged than in a charismatic church. Okay. And, and so uh, as far as in their daily walk with the Lord, um, and praying with praying and, and with in group involvement, stuff like that. Uh, now this is not always the case, but this is, this is some, some of the things that I have seen. Uh, but the trends, I would say kind of where we are now, so to speak, is I'm starting to see a lot of churches are, um, leaning more charismatic, so to speak, in their worship style and how they handle things. Uh, and it seems to be working for them. And so really it is, it's, it's a trend that's, um, uh, has a lot of good with, with both sides, but also has a lot of, uh, stuff that, you know, you have to think through, so to speak, you yeah. have to be able to combat that. Um, but you have churches like Hillsong, right? Yeah. Hillsong okay. yep. is, is formally, uh, a very charismatic church and they took a very practical approach towards things whilst having the same charisma while yep. being s- still spirit led and they put order to it and stuff. And they have been able to, uh, not just double or triple, but my God, quadruple! I don't know how how many campuses they have now. A lot. Um, yeah, I know it's like they're they're everywhere and they're yeah. they're going to continue <laughs> to pop up, right? And uh, but you've been able to see this is a church right here who's extremely passionate, believes in the gifts of the Spirit, believes in in intercession, believes in prayer, believes in in healing, but they're able to to blend or marry the practical approach. Yep. Uh, and they're they're great at reaching people. They're yep. great at discipleship. They're great at. Um, you know, growing their, and they also use a, a very, uh, practical approach towards how their or st- strategy, so to speak, a very practical strategy towards how they're going to grow their church. And so it's a beautiful blend between the two. And so you have churches like that, that are just knocking it, knocking it out of the park. And I think that you're going to start to see more and more a trend for churches nowadays to shift more towards that blend and less away from, we are a practical uh, church, or we are a creative church, or we are a charismatic church, or yep. Pentecostal church. You're going to start to see more and more of a blend. Uh, I, I believe as as time you know goes on, which I think that you know Jesus even says, um, "We." I'm going to butcher this scripture. It's fine. But but like uh, anyways, so basically Jesus, you know, truth, yeah. grace combined together. I'm totally going to butcher this scripture, so I can't even. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so so then with all that said, then right, um, you know, talking about the trends and then talking about how it worked at City Church and other churches. Um, well, let me let me cut you off for a second. Go right? ahead. So uh, you have been in City Church for a while, and so you've seen City Church go from being more spirit led, and then 
uh, I don't know, what are the trends that you've seen with City Church and with other churches that you've been a part of, or kind of what's your experience, so to speak, in those churches? I guess um, from all the churches I've seen, um, a lot of them have gone from more spiritual to practical. Um, So a church I went to growing up um, actually got taken over by another church, which is extremely practical, and then um, City Church from the way it was to now, it's not as drastic as a change, but still kind of moved towards the practicality of it a little bit. Um, and I think that's just, if you notice about how kind of the, the world is now, right? I mean, practicality is, is everywhere, right? If you think how yeah, businesses yeah. were run that's so true. back then versus now, you have the millennials coming in, right? They kind of do everything in an order. There's a thousand things going on. It's almost like if you're not practical, you're not with the time. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's definitely true. Um, so I think it's just a, a different mindset that's coming into the church that's kind of the next generation of how things will be for a while. And 20, 50 years from now, they'll be moving from practicality to something else, you know? Who knows? Maybe it'll go back to spiritual. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I, 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 I do think that in a lot of churches we're seeing, we are seeing that blend. Yeah. Um, oh, agreed. Definitely seeing yep. that blend. And where churches can blend the two together— uh, you see them being able to really just grow and advance the kingdom of God. Yep. Um, you know, and and I I'm going to pull up this quote. So the chief the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Mm. And I think that what is happening is that in this generation, in our generation, we are seeing people or churches starting to say, hey, we need all of that to be able to work together, but still keep Jesus the main thing. Not that Jesus hasn't been the main thing in the other other things, but I think that we're just seeing that that more and more. And that was William Booth. By the by, the way, someone texted that to me earlier. I was just like, "That's that's so good. Yeah, it's really good. No, it's good." Um, and C.S. Lewis, uh, I'm going to butcher how he says it, but I know he's he even talks about is like the one of the greatest dangers is to uh, be so spiritual that you're no earthly good, right? That's kind of a common yep. thing. Yep. But the other danger is to be so pragmatic or so practical or so whatever it may be on the opposite side that you don't realize that we're in a war against heaven and hell and it's yep. a spiritual war, you know? Yep. No, it's good. So, so with all this then, um, what, what would is, what is the, the right way? People can't see me doing air quotes, but what is, what is the, the right way with all this? What is the right way? Um, I think that there is not necessarily a right way. Ah, that's your question. Mm. Yeah. So no, I, I think that it really, it comes down to like where the pastor and the leaders and the elders of the church feel like God is taking them. Yep. Um, but I would say the right way is through the lens of scripture. Let me just say that. That's good. But I think that the method of whether you're going to have more charismatic style worship or whether you're going to have a more of a contemporary, you know, 13 minutes and 22 seconds style worship. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's kind of indifferent if if the Lord has led you towards a certain path. And so I don't necessarily think, I think that the right way is looking at your church model through the lens of scripture. Do you have a form of evangelism? Do you have a form of discipleship? Are you focused on making disciples who make disciples? Yeah. Are you honoring God? Are you um, building community? Are you serving the community at large? Those types mm-hmm. of things. And if you are doing that and leading people to Jesus and seeing people discipled who make disciples, uh, then I think that, 
that the way, so to speak, um, is kind of where the spirit leads you to. Yeah. And, and again, I do think that, I do think that God is in, is right now in the middle of like pulling everything kind of back together, so to speak for his glory. Yeah. That's good. Um, so what are some of the, the positive things that you have seen with the, the churches that are more spirit led? Um, and then we'll obviously jump into the opposite. Yeah. So here's, here's, this is the part I've been waiting for right here. Boom. And so I'm even going to ask you like kind of some of your experiences. So put me on the spot. I know it's going to be good because I've seen you in a charismatic church get saved three times, but we'll get to that in a second. That's just cause (laughs) that's, we're going to, we're going to talk about it now (laughs) cause that's just a thing where, where, where you've witnessed it, where people see me and they immediately think I'm not saved. Yeah, yeah. Every time. It's not, I mean, so do, I, I don't do you dress wanna, like a bum or anything. Like, I'm not, like, totally. I don't think you dress like a bum at all. I know. That's what but I mean. Like, it's not do, like... you, do you want to share those experiences, or do you want to wait till we get there? No, we can talk about it. So, uh, one of them <laughs> was at uh, our good friend Travis's church down in North Carolina at the yeah, time. Yeah, North Carolina. Um, Another one was, I can't even remember the other ones. Now. There's the I Am Conference. The I Am Conference was one of them. Um. Yep, and, and then, they all knew too, so that was even weirder. That was yeah, that one blew my mind. Yeah, and then uh, I feel like there's been more. I know, I know, I know. There's one more, but I don't know. Maybe it was a guest speaker we had at City Church or something. I don't know. Maybe at the Revo conference. Yeah, yeah, it may have been. I feel like that. I feel like that makes sense. But yeah, so yep. living past days, right? Right. Um, I just walk into a church <laughs> now that's spiritual and expect to ask if I'm. Yeah. If I'm so saved. so here's here's what happened. Like. It had happened. It had happened two times, and then we go and visit our friend uh, Travis down in North Carolina. And we were this, making bets at this point it, if it was yeah, going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and so we go into his church, and it's a very charismatic church in in their worship style. Like worship was, you know, an hour plus, and mm-hmm. uh, the sermon was all about healing and yep. and touching the heart of God and you Glory. know stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> towards the end of it, I don't know if they went back into worship or what. But this guy walks up to Nathan and he's like, hey, I'm Bob. And Nathan's like, hey, good to meet you, Bob. I'm Nathan. He's like, are you new here? Yeah, I'm new here. He's like, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? And I'm sitting next to him and I just like put my head down and just start You try to hold it. (laughs) And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, um, yeah, so... Good times. All right. <laughs> Back to the question. Go to the question. So positive things I've seen in a more spirit-led church. Okay. <laughs> Evangelism is not their strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, some positive things that I've seen. Uh, one is you have such a passion with the congregation whenever it comes to worship. There really is a, we're going to engage. We're going to we're going to lift our hands. We're going to sing out loud. Uh, and depending on, on you know, kind of your setting or your demographic, I mean, mm-hmm. it could be something really powerful. You see some of these churches that have, you know, they're two or three years old, and uh, they're just like in a very urban area, and they are blowing up with young people yeah. who are just passionate about worship. I even think about the passion movement. They yeah. just had passion 2019 now, um, oh. and and uh, they, they had, 50, I think it was 50,000 college students there. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. And so anyways, but back in that, so you see more passionate worship, but then you also have, uh, you actually see or hear testimonies of like the signs and the wonders in scriptures, like yeah. people getting healed, uh, people, uh, you know, being filled with the Holy spirit yep. or, 
uh, you know, people just, uh, marriages being reconciled, whatever. It's just like you see these supernatural things taking place. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I think that those, that's kind of the, the positive things that I've, I've seen, you know, in, in that, that type of setting. It's just kind of like, it's just really cool to, you know, someone comes in and God just completely healed them and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, what about the other side, the practical side? You know, yeah. So yeah. Positive. So, uh, with the, with the practical, man, you just, it really is about intentionality it, mm-hmm. and you, here's, here's the thing. So let me, let me give you, and, and I'm not, I'm not bashing the charismatic movement. I want to make that sure, yeah. make sure that's very clear, but yeah. like, this is going back to my experience. I went to this thing called the Holy ghost explosion. All right. And the Holy ghost explosion was one of the craziest, um, experiences, uh, maybe not the craziest, but in the top five experiences. And a lot of good happened in yeah. that. Like people's hearts were healed. Um, you know, there was a healing or whatever. A lot, of, a lot of good things happened, but I never saw it reproduce a disciple who was reproducing a disciple. Yeah, that's good. And that's where it was. And then uh, I was attending praise, uh, my old church down in Texas. Uh, and and this is this is I was I was still a fairly new Christian, I guess, so to mm-hmm. speak. But I but I had the church background, so I was attending yep. praise. And uh, one of the things I saw was just week after week after week after week after week with salvation after salvation after salvation. And the church was growing and people were excited about telling other people about this life change. Yep. And I remember I was having a conversation with Abel. I should have just said a friend, but yeah, Abel, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, probably not. But if you do, Abel, um, I was having a conversation with Abel and and he was interning out at the place that had the Holy Ghost explosions. And he, he came back to praise and he's just like, man, this is so much more uh, fulfilling or richening, so to mm. speak, yeah. than... Um, than what I was experiencing out there. There's so much more depth or, I guess, life change, so to speak. But the other people, they knew how to worship. Yeah. And they, you know, uh, they um, saw healings. And they saw... And so it, it was this... But it was kind of this thing that kind of switched. And so practically speaking, man, I've just seen a church that is focused, a church that is... Which is kind of why we started this whole podcast, right? A church that's focused, a church that's... Um, on mission, you just see a lot more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ taking yeah. place, so to speak. Uh, but, but yeah, so yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say this if I can. Um, the the just based off those two positives that you that you mentioned between the spirit lead and practical lead. Um, I mean, I think you just listed how a church can easily do the best of both when you mix them together, right? Yeah. So practical is discipling, so that's uh, doing community groups, that's doing uh, Sundays that are gospel-driven, all that stuff. But who's not to say throughout the year, outside of a Sunday, outside of your normal routine, you have these healing events, you have these spiritual events that, um, you know, and I think you can kind of look back at the Bible and kind of see almost that's how it was in the New Testament, where... Um, we talked about even today in your message how the the fire came down and you know Holy Spirit fell, mm-hmm. looked at the room. But you look at all the churches in that time, and I would say that they were pretty pl- um, you know practical, right? You know, maybe right. not as much as they are today, but you see that right. that different right. balance between for that time they were they were definitely very practical. Yeah. I mean, you think about it is is you know the the church in just a matter of a week, a few weeks was over ten thousand people. Yeah. And they still had small groups. Exactly. You know? Right. And, and I think it's just showing, as you can see, the 
the one-time event versus your your daily disciple yeah, thing. Yeah, and I yeah. think and, that's the mix. And, and and that was that was a that is definitely a, a big thing is is people would go out to these meetings yeah. to get a uh, Holy Spirit high, so to speak, right? Which was good, and they probably needed. Um, but on the flip side, it's like you you just didn't see the consistency, you yeah, know, so to speak. Yeah, and and it was built off of a one time event instead of a being in a community and and stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, what are the cons now, or the dangers that you've seen with with either one of these? All right. So, <clears throat> so right now, it probably sounds like. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it probably sounds like oh I'm like bashing the charismatic church. So uh, this is the dangers that I've seen yeah. in both of them. All right, yep. and and I want to make this very clear. I am not. I don't want to be bashing that at all because that's that's my roots and I love that. Yeah, agreed. All right, so here's the here's the cons that I've seen first in the charismatic church is prophecy is done without accountability. Uh, prophecy is done without accountability, and sometimes people get hurt. I've had it prophesied over me who I was going to marry. I've had it prophesied over me uh, where I was going to move or serve. Um, I've I've uh, I've seen parking lot prophecies uh, that are just way left field, and, and yeah. in a, in an environment where it's more spirit led, I've I've seen that there is less accountability of who's prophesying over who, yeah. thus saith the Lord. And there is more danger in that because a lot of these people that do that, I've noticed, uh, that are not truly walking this this thing out and have, you know, in their own life, have a good mix of that. Uh, they're like a spiritually speaking, uh, spiritually ticking time bomb. Yeah. And they're going to go off. And whenever they go off, it's going to hurt some people. Yep. And I've seen that. And so that's that's one of the cons that that I've seen with that. The the other is is that it's it freaks people out uh, with yeah. the charismatic. Like some of the things that I've seen. Again, this you don't so much see nowadays, but I've seen, um, y- you know, a Jericho march, right? A Jericho march or yep. a fire tunnel or um, your kid loved that today. Yeah, you the, that. no, we it did not great. do a fire tunnel at church. No, yeah, let's let me clarify. Yeah. You said the word though. I did. I did say the word, and Judah was like, "Fire tunnel." Like, <laughs> uh, but that that was cute. But, yeah. yeah, but um, but you, but but these things, if they're not done in the right environment yes. and with the right people, yes. uh, and there is a place for for the manifestation, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit to take place, the physical manifestation. Um, if it isn't done. Uh, without the right spiritual authority and covering, it can be very detrimental. And I've yep. seen a lot of churches where it's very detrimental and a lot of people get hurt. And a lot of people that I grew up with, and maybe this is because I grew up in the South, um, were burned by those types of churches. I mean, I, I kid you not, I had one guy pray over me um, and thought that he was casting out demons and turned around and puked into a bucket. And that was the last time I ever went to that church. Yeah. You know, So those are some cons with the charismatic church. However... Here are the cons uh, that I see if you're just if you're just focused on the practical aspect of things. You get so focused on church branding and so focused on church growth that you lose your spiritual um, fire, so to speak, with God. Yeah, that's good. And yep. and I've seen, man, there are so many pastors that I've seen that, and it breaks my heart that have just gotten burned out and they're just. Mm-hmm. Boom! They're extinct, so to speak, yep. or they've fallen into sin, or they had a bunch of stuff that was going on, and um, 
and they just, you know, for whatever reason, they were so focused on the church, their marriages fell apart or whatever. Yep. I just listened to a podcast about a, a guy who, um, who, who, his wife, you know, they were a few years into ministry. His wife literally had the kids and uh, suitcases packed up and he came home and she said, we're leaving. And he's like, are are you serious? And it's because he was so focused on the practical stuff mm. that he left no room for his family, no room for uh, his growth in God. And so that's that's a big con that I've seen. Another thing, and this is where I will agree, a lot of people have tension. We did a whole two podcast on this of the business versus the church is people start to view the church more as a business instead of a community uh, that's doing business, so to speak. Yeah. You know, yep. That was a cheap pun towards like we're destroying darkness. <laughs> that failed. But yeah. Uh, if see, this is one of those points. If this would have been a sermon, like three people would have chuckled and just you know. But they were all pity chuckles. It, they, they were. Done it. They yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. Like like today. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, so uh, it, it's it's one of those things. Like I, I just see that you can just get so focused on on stuff that you just um you lose the heart of it all. Yeah. You lose the heart of it all. People sure. get worn out. Yep. Um, I, and I think, I think that there's to a degree, we've even seen this uh, as a church, people just get worn out. They get tired. Um, and, and then the other thing I've seen is instead of sometimes if you're not focused on like, if, if you don't have the Kindle of the, the heart, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, how you treat people whenever they go through, major issues yeah. uh is just you're just like yep. cut them off and you're done and and i think that there's an aspect of that that you need uh whenever you're talking performance and jobs and stuff sure. like that yep. but you also have to remember that these people are people yeah and and i i know one particular uh guy there are some issues that happened in his family he got fired from the church and and that was it, it yeah was, you know just kind of Boom. Yeah. And the church kept focusing on the mission, but you forgot that here's someone uh, who's going through a traumatic event right now. Yeah. And um, he needs pastoral counsel and love, and he needs to rekindle his fire with God, so to speak. And the church just kind of dismissed him. And so I, I, those are some of the negative things that I've seen um, with, with the practical, so to speak. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, how do you tell someone who is wanting one extreme or the other extreme? That this isn't the place for it. Yeah. So and kind of explain that question maybe a little bit of, of what you mean like the place for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think again, so let me explain for City Church. We are trying to be a healthy uh balance, maybe not balance is the right word. We're trying to have a healthy tension of mm. being spirit led but a good also word. being practical. Yeah. Um and, and and because there's times where we need to be more spirit led, where yeah. we need God, you know, today was was one of those times. It was just like we're gonna lean lean in towards the spirit right now. We're just gonna let him do his work and whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Uh but then there are other times where we have to be very focused. And yeah. uh so with us, what we've tried to do is we've tried to create different environments where people who have a tendency to be more focused on the spiritual stuff mm-hmm. as, as speaking, you know, like um, prophecy and uh, intercession and stuff like that. We've tried to create avenues for them to be able to uh, have that in their life and to be able to grow in that gifting that God has given yeah. them because it is yep. a gift from God. Yep. And so some of the things we've done is we have done, uh, we've had small groups that will focus on prophecy and what it is to prophecy. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, 
uh, you know, sometimes throughout the year we'll have nights where it's going to be just prayer and worship. Right. And, and here we've got two, two and a half hours, whatever it may be. Uh, and we're just going to pray and we're just going to worship and we're just going to see where the Holy Spirit yep. goes. If we pray for people, we pray for people. If someone prophesies, then they prophesy. And, and it's one of those things we can, we can definitely flow. Yeah. Uh, and, yep. and it, it's a Christian event. It isn't something that necessarily a non-believer will, will go to. And so we've tried to be able to create those. Um, on the, on the flip side, we know that Sunday for the most part is about reaching people who are far from God. Yep. And so that is the focus of our Sundays yep. is we try to be intentional about that. We try to give a gospel presentation. Um, if the spirit does something, uh, then we will go with it. But most of the time we go in there planned and we go in there knowing the direction that we want to go, but still being sensitive to whatever it is that God may want to do. Um, but most of the time we are not going to have prophecy in church on a Sunday. Most of the time we are not going to have a deep, spontaneous intercession type worship, uh, during church. Um, you know, and that, that is, that is our focus. Like we, again, we want to be planned out and stuff like that. And so the, here's the thing. So, so you asked about what do you deal with someone who's one extreme or the other? Is that what you were asking? Um, how do you tell someone who is wanting one extreme or the other extreme that this, this isn't the place for it? Yeah. So I think one thing you can do is you can be proactive in that and try to yeah. create space for that stuff to happen. Yep. The second thing is you tie it back to the why. Mm-hmm. This is why we don't do this the way that you would like us to do it. Yeah. Uh, this is why we, you know, um, someone emailed me one time. It was a very honest response. Um, but like, they were like, if I decided to dance in the back of the church during worship, could I? And I said, you know, maybe if we had a larger venue, we don't have a larger venue and you can't dance without hitting somebody. Yeah. Like our space is small, you know? Uh, so just tying it back to the why, explaining your reasoning, so to speak, yeah, whatever good. that may be, yep. uh, for why things are being handled the way that they're being handled. And then just being able to create space for that. Um, and sometimes you're going to have pushback. Yeah. Sometimes sure. you have pushback and it's one of those things you're going to have to work through. It's conflict resolution. Um, and then there's other times where you just got to say, hey, this is what we're doing and this is... This is where we're going. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's on both sides of it. You know, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing on Sundays. But on the flip side, this is where we're going and this is what we're doing. I feel like God is telling us yeah. that this is the direction, you know, yeah. on, on both sides of that. And so uh, I think really just dealing with people who are one extreme or the other is coaching them through that. It's a good leadership opportunity for you. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it, I'll tell you this, it will grow you. Yeah, as a leader, sure. yeah. because I've I have dealt with it, um, and and it has definitely grown me as a leader, and I've had to lean in on God for direction and for wisdom, yeah, and the counsel of others, and 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 you know the elders and stuff, and so, um, but but yeah, I and I guess to kind of wrap all this up, yeah, I really do think that you need, uh, both of these working together in their strengths, yeah, um, to be able to to. To, to see kind of where we're headed in the future with the church. So. Yeah, that's good. Anything else to wrap this up? I feel like, yeah, hit it right on the head there. 
Uh, no, I think I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Inside Out Group podcast. Uh, if you have any questions or for Michael or for just for the show in general, you can see us at insideoutgroup.org. Click the contact button at the top. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to hear more from just Michael, you can find him anywhere on social media at Mike Moore ALB. We thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.